Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. Touching each of those albums that I had done gave me a sense of accomplishment and kind of like, okay, you were, you were still scrapbooking and you did do this and you have told these stories and like, you're not a scrapbooking dropout failure person. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 28. In this episode, you'll hear how a frustrated scrapbooker on the verge of giving up her hobby got her creative groove back. Today, I'm joined by Alyssa Williams, a longtime Simple Scrapper member who has become a personal friend. Alyssa lives about 90 minutes from me in central Illinois. Hey, Alyssa, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jennifer. Fantastic. I am so looking forward to our conversation because I know you've been doing a little bit of organizing in your neck of the woods. Yes, it's been quite the month. Yeah. Before we get into it, could you share just a little bit about yourself? Like, What does your family look like? Where do you live and all that? Sure. I live in the Midwest in central Illinois, and I am a librarian by day and scrapbooker by night. Um, And I have two, um, what I call medium-sized children. My girls are seven and nine. And I'm married, and we have one cat now. We lost a cat this summer. So we're down to just one animal this summer. Sorry to hear that. Thanks. It's kind of, it's been a little shift in our, my kitties had their own section in their scrapbook, and Now we just have the one left. We had three. Um, Yeah, I bet. Well, I think that type of, you know, evolution and seasons in life will also come out in some of our conversation today. Um, I'm also curious, do you have something that's exciting you right now in scrapbooking? I think what's exciting me the most right now is my new creative hub that I set up as part of this process that we're going to talk about. Um, I really love having one place to capture everything from the classes I want to take or the classes I signed up to take and haven't gotten to yet and the kits I want to use and all my ideas for stories. So Alyssa is actually a longtime member at Simple Scrapper and the Creative Hub is a class that we teach inside the membership that shares how you can centralize all of your, all the stuff in your head about scrapbooking and I think the Scrapbook Your Way workbook is a really great introduction to that, but it just kind of scratches the surface, whereas the Creative Hub can contain, you know, as you mentioned, that list of classes, you know, your favorite websites and YouTubers, and really be a place you can turn to when you need inspiration. Absolutely. And what format did you end up using for your Creative Hub? I ended up using a bullet journal. Um, I, I have, I'm a planner junkie. And so I had a variety of ideas, but I didn't want to do something digital. I find that my ideas are best 
when I can write them down um, longhand. And so um, I ended up, I've always wanted to use a bullet journal. Um, so this was the perfect excuse to, to buy a pretty uh, lectern notebook. I always like those excuses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my pick is a little more abstract this week. I um, just recently in our refresh retreat, we're just finishing up today, the summer refresh session. And I did my four page spread all in a hybrid format. So I created a collage actually using an online service called Be Funky, which I discovered just last week. And then I created two pages in Photoshop, printed them out, add some additional embellishments that were tangible as well as my printed photo. And then I actually did the last page all like tactile, even did torn paper. So it was a huge mix of different formats. So very truly hybrid. And it was a lot of fun. And I enjoyed kind of having the the control of setting things up digitally, but the tactile experience of, of bringing it all together. So that was a fun project for me. Oh, that sounds super fun. Yeah. And I think also this project, we were talking about the life we want to live. And that got me thinking more about these stories that we're encouraging scrapbookers to tell with our new bucket list tool. So one new segment that we want to have on the podcast is for each of our guests to share one story from their bucket list, one story they want to tell and they feel like they want to have told. Do you have a story like that? I do. Um, so I happen to, well, I don't live in the exact town, but I live in the metropolitan area um, where my dad actually grew up. And so I was originally born and raised on the West Coast in Portland, Oregon. And I moved to the Midwest for college. And uh, so there are some, um, when my dad is here, he's able to share memories of his childhood in a way that's a little more um, authentic because we'll go to places that he went to and he'll share a memory. And so like this summer, um, we went to Cornstock Theater, which is a local institution. They do outdoor theater in the round. And um, I shared a photo on my Instagram and both my uncle and my dad were like, oh, that was my first theater experience. I remember going there. So I really, one of the stories I want to tell is this past present connection um, to the place where I live, um, both sharing some of my dad's memories of the places he's visited and and remembers from growing up and then kind of how we're, our family's creating our own memories in those places. Oh, I love it. That kind of stories relating to the sense of place is are so, so powerful. And I know when we're working on the Before Your Story album, that's the, the class I teach of telling your story from birth to adulthood. Those place-based stories were some of the most powerful for me. So awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I'm really... I was, in fact, I was stalking my dad's childhood home on Zillow the other night. <laughs> so I, it's been at the top of my mind lately. I'm trying to figure out exactly how it's going to take place, whether I use maps or something. I don't know. I have a lot of different sketch ideas in my creative hub, actually. So I had this crazy experience just last week. I was looking up some information on Ancestry and I found... Uh, my grandfather's address in San Antonio in the early 80s. And so I just, you know, Google mapped it and looked at the house and I was like, wow, I've never seen this before. I, I'd never visited this home. And so I just took like a little screenshot of it. Yeah, that's what it looks like today, but it's still, I added it to our ancestry profile, just relating to, you know, this person lived here at this time. So oh, it's, it's amazing what you can do with the internet these days. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm actually trying to get my husband to come on the podcast because he's the one that's really been interested in ancestry.com and he's been doing all this research. And so I kind of want to get him to come talk about, uh, you know, how that fits into our family's memory keeping and also maybe also being, you know, the husband of a scrapbooker. (laughs) (laughs) That would be, that would be a great, that would be a great episode. Yeah. So today's episode though, is really about your organizational evolution here and you just reorganized your space. And, and I thought to have you on because you mentioned to me how much more productive and excited and, you know, motivated to scrapbook you were after making these changes. And sometimes we make changes and they're like, Oh yeah, that was great. But sometimes they really take things up a notch and help us rekindle the love for the hobby and actually get back to taking action. So as we get there, I'm I'm curious first, how long have you been scrapbooking and how has your approach to the hobby changed over the years? Well, uh, I've been scrapbooking since 2002. Um, I started before I had kids, before I was married. In fact, I was, um, remember getting strange looks when I would crop at the local scrapbook store, um, cause they didn't know what I was doing there, documenting my trips to Six Flags, um, And, uh, so I have gone from, you know, documenting our life, um, before we had kids, I was dating my husband at the time we got married shortly thereafter. Uh, and then as our family has evolved, um, there's just more stories to tell, I think. And so it went from being just, um, my story to telling the story of my girls, um, and our family's story. And in fact, it was funny, um, a lady last week was saying, I just, I don't remember what I did with all my free time before I had kids. And I was like, I know exactly what I did because I have scrapbooks that document it. (laughs) And, um, you know, I can look back at how our life has changed over the different years. Um, and then once I had my girls and since I do work full time, I really, when project life, um, came on the scene and I really embraced that wholeheartedly. And I did project life, um, very regularly from about uh, from 2012, 2013, 14, and then 15. Um, a lot of things changed for me in 2015. So um, that's kind of when the la- in the last four years, a lot has changed for me in my personal life. And then um, just also with my scrapbooking. So can you go into a little more detail on that? Like what, what was the big shift in your life if you're comfortable sharing and, and how did that look different before and after? Sure. So, um, 2012, I, um, was my, like my best year of scrapbooking. I had my second child in February, but I was like, I will not quit scrapbooking, even though I have two young children and I work full time. And I took Stacy Julian's 12 class that year at the old big picture classes. And I was just very prolific and into it. And that was the first year I did project life. And then, um, 2013 and 2014, I was scrapbooking more at our local store and I would make time for myself to go on, to go crop once a month. And so I was still getting a lot of pages done that way. Um, in 2015, I took a different job and I took a, um, I took, I went, I'm the director of an organization or my library now. So, um, my role changed and, um, and my job is a lot more, um, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't work. I mean, it's not like I work 60 hours a week, but it's just different. And my time was different. And, you know, when you take a new job, you have, uh, there's a lot of adjustments to make. And so, um, I had started project life that year, but I gave myself permission kind of to end it in May. Um, and just 
call that first, those, those five months I had done for it as good. And just, I did an ending title page and, um, I just stopped. And then I didn't do, um, anything. I didn't do project life in 2016. I still was able to scrapbook just a little bit in 2017. I sort of scrapbook less. Um, and in 2018, I barely like did anything and felt kind of like this, I was still a member of the Simple Scrapper community. I wasn't engaging as much and I kind of felt like this fraud because <laughs> um, I had all this stuff and I had all these pictures and I had this desire, but I couldn't, I, I couldn't make it a priority. I couldn't seem to make the time a priority. You know, as my girls got older, you know, suddenly we, we had more activities um, with their activities and more kind of demands on our family time. And so finding the time to scrapbook was just, uh, I just could not figure out when I actually um, scrapbooked more in the summer um, months because there, our schedule just seems to lighten up. My schedule at work is a little more light um, and my girls go on camping trips overnight and so they're gone. And so then I can scrapbook kind of, I can do a mad rush of pages while they're gone overnight. Um, but I just wasn't, I felt really disconnected from my hobby. And um, so that was kind of where I was at the end of 2018, the beginning of 2019. We had gone to Disney and I wanted to do this album. And I'd said for like the entire 2018, I really need to do this Disney album, but like I hadn't even started. Um, so, so that's kind of where I was at the beginning of this year. I'm curious if you think these changes did did your productivity change because of like like logis- actual logistical shifts in your time? I know in your previous job I think you had a lot more like time flexibility um or was was there also like an like an emotional like or like an actual tiredness component like you just didn't have the energy to bring to scrapbooking anymore or a combination of the two? Yeah, so it um, I think it was both. So the other thing I left out, so in, in earlier in 2015, before I took this new job, cause my, I started my new job midway through the year. I had actually, um, cause I mentioned I had been before that I had really, when we moved into our house, I had set up a scrapbook area in the basement. Um, and that worked for me for several years, but then, um, then it, you know, as things do, they work until they don't. Um, <laughs> And my, I needed to be more in proximity to my girls. You know, when I was in the basement, they couldn't, there wasn't really anything for them to do down in the basement. So, um, I was, when I was doing project life, I would do project life, like at our dining room table or in our, our spare bedroom. And, um, I wasn't really using my scrap space. So in early in 2015, I decided to move stuff upstairs, um, and we rearranged our, our, our space in our living room so I could move stuff upstairs so I could scrapbook in proximity to them. So that is why I still scrapbooked, you know, in 15 and, and did more in 16. I was still able to do when I could find the energy because I was, my job was a lot more mentally exhausting. I was more tired at the end of the day. Our weekends were fuller with the activities for the girls. So it wasn't, I wasn't home a lot. Um, and so I think that's a combination. And then in 2017, um, my daughter started piano lessons and I took me, it took me like nine months to realize that this is where everything kind of went south for me scrapbooking wise. The where the table was that I was actually doing my scrapbooking stuff on, um, we took that table down and, and that's where we put our piano. <laughs> and so, cause we got a piano when she started piano lessons and it was like, suddenly I didn't have a dedicated space or a table anymore. And that made a huge difference because 
I didn't know where we had changed some rooms in our house and I just, I didn't have the table anymore. And that was just a big shock to me because I had to clear off space to do it or set up a temporary table in the living room or whatever. So that made things a lot more challenging. Um, so both the space changed, which I forgot to mention. And then, yeah, my own energy level just of having a, um, a job where, um, where, where there were, we did a lot of, um, we did a complete library renovation. And so I had a lot of big work projects that were kind of taking a lot of my energy. Um, well, yeah, these are two really important points here for one with, with that energy. I think we often think about, we don't have the time and we think it's a number of hours in the day thing, but often what it is is that we don't have the energy when, when we actually do have the time, which is often in the evenings or very early morning. If you were choose to choose to get up earlier on the weekends, we don't have the energy reserves because of other things going on in our lives and how we choose to take care of ourselves and all that. And I think that is an often overlooked, um, underlying reason for not feeling like you have enough time. And then of course, as you mentioned about, you know, you have this piano that's in your space and you kept thinking of, gosh, I, you're concentrating on, gosh, I can't figure out why I'm not scrapbooking anymore. And sometimes it's a really simple answer is like, oh, my table's gone. <laughs> and it's not easy to get down and just to plop into my space and start creating because now I'm assuming you had to go set up somewhere else. Yeah. I had to go set up, I either had to set up a temporary table or I had to you know, clear the dining room table off. And then the other thing that I forgot to have that mentioned that happened at the same time was I was in a very good, because I was doing project life, I was in a very good routine of printing my photos pretty much each week or every two weeks. I would send them to Costco. We'd go on this weekly Costco run or every two weeks we'd go to Costco. The photo lady knew me. Well, then Costco decided to close its photo center. So then I was like, well, where do I print my photos? I've never printed at home. I've never been interested in printing at home. I've always, I used Costco for a long time and it was like, so a lot, there were a lot of things that shifted right around the same time for me that sort of was like, and I couldn't, and I was, I couldn't identify the problem. Gretchen Rue always says, you know, identify the problem. Well, it took me a long time. Actually, it took me to the Skimple Scrapper Retreat in December where I could finally identify the problems and figure out how to fix them. Well, I'm, I'm so glad to hear, you know, that we're on our way and that you've made progress. And I'm, and I'm, I know that our audience is curious whether or not you've finished that Disney album and how the organization has gone. But I want to just reiterate what you just said, that when these small things change, you have to change along with it. And if something's all of a sudden like, gosh, I used to blah, blah, blah but I don't now. That means something else probably changed in your life. Some sort of circumstance, something changed that made that shift. And it's not you. It's not a fault of your own. It's it's a circumstance that you then have to make a course correction to figure out what does my new normal look like? Because our lives aren't constants. Things will always be changing, particularly if you have kids. But even if you don't, our lives always go through these natural phases of Maybe you have a, a passion for cooking and you spend, you know, your evening hours doing that. Well, you know, maybe you get into a, a fitness journey and that's where you end up spending your time. We're all going to go through these phases where one thing takes more of a priority than another. And that is certainly going to impact the photos we're taking and how we're getting them printed and how, of course, we're scrapbooking them. All right. Okay. So now we're in 2019. What are your creative priorities right now? Uh, so my creative priorities are to uh, 
to go back and document uh, 2018 in one of the Heidi Spot memory planners. Um, so I actually just got my um, picture order on Saturday for that. I had done all my photo editing um, earlier this month. And then I have, I went to Europe earlier this year. So I have another travel album to work on. And then um, I just, I have a lit, I have a, I have a number of lists in my creative hub of stories um, to tell. I'm sort of focusing right now on some travel stories and some place stories of vacations we've taken in the last couple of years that I want to document for our family travel album. And where did you end up getting your photos printed? Uh, well, <laughs> I got, I ordered them from Snapfish this time. I had used Snapfish in the past. And so I decided I would go back to them. I, I'll tell you, I didn't have the best experience. Um, it took uh, a really long time for them to get here and they thought they were lost at one point. And so I'm a little um, frustrated. It wasn't the best experience. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to decide. I printed like 70 photos, so I have photos to last a while, but I'm trying to figure out what, if I'm going to go back to them or if I'm going to try and find a local printer here or what to do. So, yeah. I'm curious if you're, if you can do, um, mail order printing with your Costco membership. I can, and I might go back to that because I really did like their quality. I like Snapfish's quality too. I don't have a ton of complaints, um, with that. Uh, and I probably should just go back to that because I'm going to do them via the mail. Um, I might as I can wait for Costco just as much as I can wait for Snapfish. All right. Just curious. No, that's a great, that's see, like sometimes you need someone to help you think about like, what did you do in the past? And actually I had ordered, I actually did complete my Disney album earlier this year. Yay. Um, so, and I had ordered all those from Costco because they had given me credit since I was such a loyal customer. And uh, so I was able to do that. And so did you finish your album before or after you really dove into reorganization? So I finished my album before I dove in to the reorganization. So uh, I came back from the Simple Scrapper Retreat having started that album and with more of a plan um, because of the Scrapbook Your Way workbook, I had identified kind of these obstacles. My other obstacle that I didn't mention is that my nine-year-old is very crafty. And so the other thing that was starting to happen is even when I would pull out my stuff, she would want to craft with me and scrapbook her own stories. And that wasn't relaxing for me. I, I scrap, I'm a paper scrapper. I've always, I've dabbled in digital. I've done some hybrid. Um, but I find it relaxing to just play with paper. And so it wasn't relaxing because then she was always like, mommy, can I use this? Or can you help me stamp? Or, and so, um, I decided that my strategy for completing my album would be to go to the crops that my monthly, that my store has each month and to go to their monthly crops and complete the album that way. And so I made time in my schedule. I told my husband what I wanted to do and he was very supportive. And so I started do, I was able to do that and got it um, complete in March. And then I was kind of like, okay, I completed this album. Now what am I going to do? Uh, so I had, I went on retreat again in June and came back from there all fired up. And in July, I spent four days um, reorganizing. Um, to try and get a fresh perspective. Um, cause I realized I didn't know what I had. I was buying stuff at the store. Um, embarrassingly enough, some of it, I actually already had at home cause I like the same stuff. <laughs> 
And so I spent four days um, going through this reorganization process that has just totally fired me up this month. And so what were you feeling when you dove into this? Like what, like maybe we can share some adjectives because I want our our audience to be able to self-identify like, yes, I might need a reorganization or no, nah, I'm probably good. So I'm curious, like what kind of underlying feelings did you have that, that really said, okay, it's time to put everything else aside and spend four days on this? Well, I was, I was just feeling frustrated because, um, I knew I had stuff. I knew I had printed photos somewhere. I mean, in some places, but I wasn't exactly sure where it turned out. I had them in like three different places and I knew I had some supplies I'd bought, but I couldn't really find things. And, um, because I'd focused on working from the Disney on the Disney album, I had really kind of created my own kit for that and used similar supplies. So it didn't, it didn't impact me until I, I was done with that. I was like, okay, I have these other stories I want to tell, but I couldn't find the papers I wanted, or I would know that I had something, but I couldn't put my hands on it quickly. And so then I would get discouraged. Um, I had tried making some kits for, um, the, the, um, retreat that I went on in June. And I, it was just super frustrating to try and find stuff. So, um, I came back from that and I was like, okay, I don't know what I have. I know I have stuff I like, but I don't know where any of it is. Um, and so it was a sense of frustration. And also I really just wanted to reconnect with my hobby. And I really thought that I was going to purge a lot of stuff. Um, because, you know, I've been scrapbooking for a long time and I have saved stuff. I mean, I've purged throughout the years, but I still have some old gems in there that are just, just make me smile now product wise, um, of things I've hoarded. So. All right. So we're going to get into kind of how you went through that and if you got rid of anything in a second. And I'm, can you like maybe bring us up to speed now with you're not in the basement anymore, you're upstairs and you're in the space that hasn't been working. Can you kind of give us the lay of the land of what that space looks like and where it sits in your home? Sure. So um, I scrapbook in my living room. Um, we had We had done a lot of furniture rearranging in our house. My girls had been sharing a bedroom. Um, then they stopped sharing a bedroom. And, um, so we had moved furniture in and out of the living room. And so the way the living room was set up was I have shelves, um, on covering a wall that had kind of most of my supplies. I had a movable, um, small, uh, kitchen Island type, uh, I don't know what you call it. Cart. Yes, a kitchen. I had a small kitchen island cart that held my paper and that I could scrapbook on the top of, but it wasn't quite big enough. Um, and I had two Rascog carts, and so they kind of all sat on one wall. And then we had moved um, our table that had been in our kitchen previously, we moved that into our living room. So I, so I had a table space, I had these shelves for all my supplies, and then uh, we have some built-ins because the room has a fireplace. And so on one side of the fireplace is the piano. And then on the other side of the fireplace are these beautiful built-ins that are super deep and I could store my albums in there. And when I would move stuff upstairs, I would put my albums in there. And then I'd also put like some random stuff and things I didn't know what to do with. And I kind of, at the end, kind of just shove stuff into these deep cabinets. It was like, oh, I don't really know what's in there. Well, no, I have a question for you. So, okay, that's I think that's awesome to just give people some context. Is this the same room? Like, I'm assuming, like most Americans, you have a TV. Is this your TV room or not? No, this is not our TV room. This is um, 
this is our front, like the front door. So you kind of walk into my scrapbooking space. Um, and we have a, we have a family room with our TV in the back. So there's no, there's never been a TV in the living room. I've always, as a librarian, I've always claimed the living room as kind of our reading nook and then my, as my crafty space and it's our music room too. So. Okay. I think that's great. I think that great gives a lot of context to our audience. They can at least kind of picture it. Um, maybe you'll be able to share a couple pictures of us to include in the show notes. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you. So now talk us through the process that you went to reorganize. You have all your stuff mostly on one wall and in some carts, and then you have your built-ins. And then now you have like, I'm assuming kind of a a nice empty table in the middle of the room. (laughs) Yes. So I have a nice empty, you know, dining room size table. Uh, And I basically, I'm, I love organizing. I mean, shocking, I'm a librarian. And so the organizing part kind of comes naturally to me. So I, so I did what they tell you to do is pull everything out and put like with like, I mean, kind of a cross between the Marie Kondo method of, you know, put all your, do one category of things at a time. Um, but also the, just the general organizing principle of get everything out and see what you have. And so I pulled everything out of the, I pulled everything. I didn't, I pulled most everything off of the shelves. I pulled everything out of the cabinets. I discovered I had like three December daily type kits. So I like, I really don't need to buy anything until I do another December daily album or maybe three more. Um, I, so I pulled everything out and put like with like, I, I've always, I'm a pretty simple scrapper in the terms of that. I don't use a ton of embellishments. I've kind of always struggled to use embellishments. And that was kind of my sticking point of how to, like once I pulled everything out and was kind of putting similar things together, how to, how to, how to organize them in a way that was going to be useful to me. Um, so I first kind of dealt with all my supplies. I had a good system for like my stamps. I had a good system for like my letter stickers. Um, I had actually just gone through that tub and put everything, um, my letter stickers in color order, uh, so that like all the whites are together. So it's kind of, it's easier to flip through that bin. I have them in one of those Ikea bins. Um, and what about your stamps? How do you have those organized? I know that's a big question we often get. Well, I don't have them super organized. They're in a, they're in an Ikea bin and I just know they're all there. Um, that totally counts. So, (laughs) okay. I mean, it's not like I have some fancy system. I, I should say I have all of my, um, all of my stamps that I have gotten from Studio Calico and other places and some wooden stamps, uh, in one kind of bin. And then I have all my Allie Edwards story stamps with my Allie Edwards stuff. So I finally, what, where I was kind of breaking down was, you know, they say, when you, when you look at how people organize their scrapbook supplies, it's like, it seems people organize by color. They organize by manufacturer. They organize by type. And I was like, well, that's, that doesn't work for me in, um, one, having just one way to do it doesn't work for me. Well, I would assume that really wouldn't work for most people because you may look at some things by color, but you look at other things by type or manufacturer. Like it's all going to be each, each thing you're going to have a different context or a way you think about it. Like I think some people think, oh, I need something small and round there. Or some people might think, oh, I need something red there. 
Yeah, it is. Well, and, or you organize embellishments by color and you organize this by that. I don't know. I was just, I had, I, I was just having a hard time figuring out what to do with my, um, embellishments. And so, um, I finally decided, um, that I would try this, I would try this way and see if it worked. So I, I had, um, subscribed to Allie's story kits and her story stamps. So all that stuff was already together. And so I just kind of went through that. And, um, I have this rule that I want to make two things, either a project life spread or a page out of each of them. And so I had the kits that I hadn't really dove into and I put those up, made a list in my creative hub so I can keep track that. And then I had subscribed to freckled fawns, um, Oh dear me kit for a long time. And so I had those, but I also had them pieces I had, um, used out of the kit and, um, or use parts of the kits and I had extras left. And so I kept all that stuff together because the color range is similar and they work together. So I created another area just for my freckled fawn stuff. And then um, my I put my stickers and my chipboard together in a drawer, which I know seems sort of obvious, but I had kept like, I, I love Amy Tangerine's lines from American Crafts. And so I kept all my Amy Tangerine stuff together but I was never really using it together. So breaking it away from the papers and putting the stickers um, and the chipboard from her lines in one spot with all my other stuff was really helpful. Um, and then I have a drawer that has all my shapes and die cuts in it. And then I have a drawer that has my, uh, what I call labels, words, and tags. And um, I like that drawer. Yes. <laughs> it's I'm a great curious tour. if you've the the alley kits that you've already kind of checked off your list. Did you break those apart into these drawers? Uh, yes. What could be broken apart, like so, she always does a lot of word stuff. So I have, if it fits, um, I have her word stuff in my word drawer, um, and she has some tags in her kits, and those are in there. But there, sometimes she has a few other embellishments, and those I have kind of also kind of still together because her stuff is very interchangeable too. So, so it sort of depended. Um, and there were a few like freckled fawn had done a few like, uh, word sheets or phrase sheets. And so I put those in with that. And so, um, I had a couple of pages that were in progress and I, it was that I finished after I'd done the reorganization. And it was really awesome because I, first of all, I knew exactly what I had. I didn't actually purge anything. I kept everything. Um, and then when I was going to finish these pages, it was like, okay, I want, you know, like I need hearts. Well, because I have this shapes drawer, I went to my shape drawer and like, I have hearts and stars in there. Um, and so I could pull out the little bin of hearts and, you know, find a heart that would work. I love how you you really thought about the different ways you look at things and it even even went more granular than we talked about a few minutes ago that it's not even like sometimes you're thinking about I want Allie Edwards word art and sometimes I want hearts or stars so you broke things out into exactly how you pick them out and that may not fit anybody else's definition of how you should break down scrapbook supplies but it's going to work for you. Yeah. And then the other thing that I did was I pulled out all my albums 
Um, I use Stacey Julian's Library of Memories for the majority of my albums. And then I have two annual albums and then I have all my library of, or all my Project Life albums. And they had just kind of been haphazardly shoved in these cabinets. And so I put all of my Library of Memories together. They had been not together because of various things. Um, so they're all together in one uh behind one door. And then I put all of my project life albums together. And I had totally forgot that I had done project life in 2017. I completely, like, I wasn't giving myself credit for that. And, um, by going through like all the albums and I have had, I've done a variety of, I've done a week in the life album. I've done some different December dailies. I've done some other different project albums and really going through and touching each of those albums that I had done really also gave me a sense of accomplishment and kind of like, okay, you were, you were still scrapbooking and you did do this and you have told these stories and like, you're not a scrapbooking dropout failure person. Like you, you know, like you did, you did do this project and you, you've done this and you've captured these memories. And, um, so that really also was just really reaffirming and kind of like, okay, and he, okay, what are your priorities going forward? You know, like, I kind of flip through each of my library memories album and like what, what's missing? Where are the gaps? And that's kind of where I landed um, when I had said my priorities, one of my priorities for this year is kind of some of our vacation pictures. Cause my girls like looking at those. Um, and that was what was super fun too. I think I have a photo on my Instagram of um, my girls going through um, their baby books and looking at them. Um, and cause those are now easily accessible for them again. So, well, it sounds like this fundamentally was about more than just the organization. It was really getting this like 10,000 foot view on your entire library of memories to use the phrase and everything you have and how your supplies support that. And it sounds like you, I mean, you didn't get rid of anything. And maybe you're, maybe you're a great shopper that you buy things that you love and you've been doing that for a while. So there wasn't things to get rid of. It was just putting them in a new way, in a new space so that you could actually use them more effectively. I don't think I'm that great of a shopper, but I think um, knowing what I have and I didn't really want to get rid of something right away and be like, oh, I could use that plus now that my daughter likes to scrapbook, I did find stuff that I would, I, she has an iris tote that is all her stuff. And she knows that she doesn't have to ask permission to use anything that's in her tote. And so there were things I found that I gave to her. Um, and, and, but there were a few things I kept for me. Um, so it, it is kind of nice with a younger scrapper in the house who's not super picky with her supplies. You know, you can kind of recycle some of those older products to her. Um, so I guess in a, in a way I did purge, but, um, but also I just wanted the opportunity to use some of these things because I did buy them because I love them. And so it's kind of like, okay, what could I do with this? Or now that I know where it is, I can, I can remember when it comes up for a page. So how did this kind of whole journey and this perspective uh, change how you looked at project life versus layouts and, and the formats that you want to choose going forward? So I guess I've been more interested in chronolo- chronology since I had my children. It is really cool to be able to go back and be like, okay, here's 4th of July from 2013. Here's exactly what we did. 
Um, because even though I don't have a page about it, I can find it in our project life albums. And so, um, I definitely want to do project life in 2020. Um, and, but I, but I love making layouts too, because I think there's stories that you can tell, um, that don't, I mean, not just lend themselves to pocket pages, but I just, I enjoy playing with 12 by 12 paper. Um, so, uh, I, I have a list of stories I want to tell and trying to find the balance, um, and just trying to get really back into my routine of scrapbooking this year so that I can kind of really make an informed decision of where I'm going to go, um, in 2020. But, um, I love it all. I mean, I love my layouts. I love my project life albums. Um, I've considered doing kind of your approach, um, with the monthly pocket pages, um, and then the chronological, um, spreads, um, that you, the pages that you do. So we'll see what happens in the future. Um, but I, I definitely, um, want to do, to have that chronological kind of perspective in our albums. Well, I've certainly felt that same compulsion that I was, I was very firmly library of memories before my daughter was born and thought that's the way I was always going to organize my layouts. And then all of a sudden I had this little human who's like changing faster than I can take pictures of her. And it was harder to justify organizing my layouts that way. But, but as you were speaking, I was thinking, okay, when she's, you know, 18 off to college, maybe that next evolution, that next season of my life would look more like Library of Memories albums again. I will have this series of chronological albums for the time that she's at home. And then, you know, life will be a little bit different. And so maybe my scrapbooking will be as well. Yeah. And maybe I'll take a monthly approach to Project Life. Um, you know, next in 2020, um, I'm kind of doing that. With, I'm testing that out with this um, 2018 album that I'm putting together. So we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, I do have these annual albums that I love. So I have a Halloween costume album that I is an idea from Kathy Zilski. Um, my girls love looking at that every year. And I, I just, that's one that delights us. And then I have these ornament albums for my girls that are um, the Project Life, I don't know, are they called mini albums? They've got the divided page projectors. Um, and so they're, two four by six photos and, um, two three by four journaling cards. And every year I give my girls an ornament and I journal about why I gave them that ornament. And then I include, um, a picture of them by the Christmas tree and then two pictures from our Christmas that year. So, um, that's kind of how I document our Christmas memories. Um, so I've let, I feel less of a pull to do a December daily type album because of those albums too. So, um, but I love to buy December Christmas uh, Christmas scrapbooking supplies. So I'll have to figure out what to do with that. <laughs> I absolutely love all of these like single purpose albums that people do. Um, my teaching assistant, Kim, she has one about their Thanksgiving that she does every year. And these are just such special albums. These are like true family heirlooms that you end up creating. And you know, if you're out there listening, I would love if you comment on this episode sharing about any of your albums that have these like single focus that you always feel excited and energized to keep up with because it's just that little thing that you're adding every year or, or whatnot. So I love those so much. All right. So we're, we've gone through this whole process. You have, you spent the four days. How are you feeling about it now and how has it impacted your creative productivity? Well, 
Um, I, I mean, I feel great. I was super fired up when I finished the organization and I finished these two pages that I'd had in progress for a while. And it was like so easy because I knew where everything was. And then I edited a bunch of photos and sent them off. And then it took like two weeks for the photos to come, which was sort of frustrating. (laughs) Um, But I'm uh, getting ready to make some page kits and to kind of break out those photos and and create with them. Um, And it, it really like, I've always been a person who likes to have a plan and a goal. And so knowing kind of what my priorities are and I'm not overwhelmed by the pictures that I continue to take. I have a list of stories. If I come up with a story idea, I have a place to put it. Um, So I'm just super excited for, you know, where I'm going to be creatively, you know, at the end of even just August um, and, and even the end of this year and how many, not that it's about how many pages I create, but just you know, if I can just get back into, I feel like I'm ready to get back into the flow and the rhythm of making, creating a part of my, um, week, uh, each week, whether that be, you know, editing some photos and sending them off, um, or whether it's making pages, you know, a page every week, um, and just engaging, um, with the hobby again. I'm just, I'm super fired up about it. I love it. I can't wait to watch your progress inside of our community over the rest of the year. And I hope you will share your pages and our show and share group. Um, Cause I know how much our, our other members love seeing each other and, and cheering each other on as we, we create along the way. So what advice do you have for other scrapbookers who create in a kind of public family space like you do and are currently having the same struggles that you did to find what they need and to actually make progress? So I think the first thing really is to identify what your problem is. Like what has changed in the space? Like, is it, was the space working for you before? Or what changed? Um, and then, you know, it's okay. I guess I had to give myself permission to scrapbook outside my house. You know, I was like, well, but I have this space and I have these supplies here. And why would I go to the store? Well, it's, it's okay. If that's what's going to work for you in this season, you know, g- give yourself permission to do that. Um, and then. Um, the other thing by going, by knowing that I have my monthly crop at the store and knowing that I'm going to get what I want to get done, done, I can be much more open on the Saturday or Friday night that I'm maybe starting to make a page. And my daughter comes in and is like, Oh, I want to scrapbook too. Knowing that I already have this time set aside where I'm going to create and be productive, um, helps me then not see her t- as taking away from my creative time. And, and so that because to me, scrapbooking is a form of self-care for myself. And so, um, and I'm an introvert and I kind of like to do it by myself and listen to some podcasts. So that has helped me too. So I think the big thing is just identify the barriers. Um, be, don't be afraid to move furniture around. Um, and if it's been a while since you connected with your stuff, you know, pull it all out and see what you have and see what excites you. And, um, I found stuff, that I forgot I had. And, you know, I had mentioned in my introduction about my cats while I had been hoarding these, um, some, some supplies related to the cats. And, um, so I, I made a kind of tribute album, um, for my one cat that, um, and my daughter loves looking at it, um, uh, because she was really close with that cat. And it was like, Oh, I found these supplies. I already had pictures printed. Um, and so it was really easy to, to do something like that. When I've, I've always found that that tactile experience of going in, 
touching my supplies, it almost creates this compulsion that then I have to make something. Even if I don't feel like it when I get started, if I start touching things, I get excited by the colors and the textures, and then I see some photos and you know, you, you find that photo that you printed out six months ago that you wanted to scrapbook. And I'm like, oh, I should just do that. Um, just digging in always has so much power. So I, I love that advice. Thank you. Well, and your advice too of always, you know, and I would fall into this trap of, I don't have an hour and a half to make a layout, but I do have, and I think this was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, you know, I do have 15 minutes in the morning where I can, you know, pull, say, okay, I want to, I want to work with these pictures. Let's pull some paper that might work with it and, and do that. And then, you know, when I come home, maybe I I've got enough energy to look at some embellishments and then you know, um, last week it happened that I, our plans got canceled on Friday night. And so we had some, I had this unexpected free time. Well, then if I've already done that prep work in those bits during the week, then I can create a layout because it's already done. Or I'm thinking about it more in my free time and I get excited. And, and, and even though I may be tired from work or whatnot, I'm excited to engage because I, um, I have this, I have done the prep work and I've been thinking about it, but I think sometimes we fall into this trap of, but I need an hour to, to make a layout. Um, so I'm trying to remind myself of that, of, of engaging. And, you know, I walk through my living room every day, so there's no reason. And now that I have a dedicated table, you know, I can't, I can lay stuff out and it's not, first of all, my kids are older, so they're not going to mess with it. Sometimes that happened before, like I'd lay out pictures and, um, they would come carry them over to me and ask me about them, which was cute, but not helpful. (laughs) Perfect advice. Thank you. Alyssa, this has been so awesome. I hope all of you listening have taken away some some nuggets that are going to help you in your organizational and creative journeys and that you feel more fired up to, to dig in and get that bird's eye view on your scrapbooking hobby so that it can continue to be a source of joy and self-care as Alyssa described in your life. Thank you, Alyssa. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you go away today and remember that you do have permission to scrapbook your way. 